0: Everybody, and welcome to the 68th episode of the Meeple Dungeon podcast. As always, I am Rob
1: and I'm Anna Marie, and this episode is brought to you by Meeples and Milkshakes. You can find them in store at 130 Westminster Avenue West in Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca.
0: So, we were just talking before we started recording here that we basically say every time we come on here that it's
1: been a busy (laughs) few weeks, but it, it, it really
0: has. Um,
1: I for- thought by saying that he- ahead of time we weren't gonna say that when I know. we started. <laughs> <But> we could- <laughs> it has been, and
0: one we wanted to record last week, but I was gone for a big chunk of last week. You were because I was adios. At- yep. go. <laughs> yep. Me and uh, three other guys go to an annual uh, metal music festival in Armstrong, BC, and <clears throat> yeah, this year aptly named different. Metal Fest. Yep, Metal Fest, Armstrong Metal Fest. <laughs> And, um, yeah, we were out there for four days and that was a lot of fun. And there was one cool thing that was board game related at that festival. That they
1: haven't done before. No. This then the and they had a, a
0: Magic the Gathering tournament yeah. going on there on this Saturday of the festival. So on the Friday, they had like, just like a casual, um, set there where you could just come and play. play games and whatever. But then on the Saturday there was, I don't know exactly how it worked because I, I forgot to bring a deck. Um, I Stupid. wouldn't have time. To, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have time to play like yeah. legitimately anyway. Way too many uh Concerts metal to bands go to. To, to go see. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're there for. Yes. So, um, but um, yeah, it was cool. I did stop by and I checked it out for a little bit. And there was yeah, there was a full blown tournament going on there where and there was um the new Lord of the Rings oh, commander cool. decks yep. were on. The line for winning. So, certain, yeah, certain, you win a certain amount and you want a commander deck. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, Yeah. it's a really uh, great festival for anyone in, particularly in BC or Alberta or Washington State or uh, places nearby like that. It's a really good Uh, festival for music if you like metal. Um, And it's got like three, four, five pretty big acts but then the rest of it is kind of like up and coming so yeah it's really really good
1: cool way to support yeah uh, up and coming artists i think
0: yeah it's every july it's always in the middle of
1: july um you bring a tent and camp on the grounds
0: yeah you camp in kind of like a baseball field and then you uh all the concerts happen in like a little stadium just uh through you to walk through a parking lot to get there and yeah yeah, it's really great we go every year so uh if that interests you check out Armstrong Metal Fest on uh on Google there you'll find it
1: and while you were doing that I was swimming across the lake
0: you were yeah (laughs) she was swimming across Okanagan Lake so we're we're located in West Kelowna um that's in the Okanagan in British Columbia and uh there's a city right beside us called actual Kelowna it's a bigger city but um You swam from basically the shores of West Kelowna to the beaches in Kelowna.
1: Yes. And how far was that again? 2.1 kilometers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It took you like an hour and eight minutes. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Only doing breaststroke. So (laughs) she had been
0: training for that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, And you did that on the Saturday, right? Yes. Yeah. So it has been busy. And, um, but I think we have a lot of things out of the way now. Um, we have vacation coming up. <laughs> we in say that weeks.
1: every week, every time yeah. we do it as well.
0: <laughs> but we have nothing legitimate, like no, nothing planned as of no. right now. We have vacation. We work for three more weeks and then we have vacation again, right? I
1: don't know, something like I that. I think it's like that, yeah.
0: But yeah, so it has been busy, but. Nothing really too much on the schedule moving forward. And we have been playing um a few games lately. Mm-hmm. And one we are going to review at the end of this episode yes. that you already you already know what it is by clicking on this this episode. But, <laughs> but we'll um, keep
1: the air of mystery <laughs> up yeah. just, just for fun.
0: Yeah, but um that being said, we do we also have a few new games to the collection. Um they keep rolling in, some Kickstarters and whatnot, but neither uh neither of these are Kickstarters. One of them was one a of Kickstarter. Them was, but
1: we got it um as a Pre-order. We, we pre-ordered yes.
0: this Kickstarter deluxe edition through
1: meeples. And I don't know if it's because we missed the Kickstarter or we didn't see yeah. it. or No, I, I missed it entirely. Missed it, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and I think we got the better end of the deal here anyway, because we didn't pay yeah, for we our shipping. Out. Right. So yeah. what game is that?
1: That game is Seas of Havoc designed by Sebastian Bernier Wong and Peter Gorniak art by Nebet Zitro and published by Rock Manor Games.
0: Yeah. Seas of Havoc. Uh, uh uh, pirate game. Yeah, another Which, pirate game. So yeah, this one, we love pirates.
1: Yeah, this one sets sail in the seas of havoc, a naval combat game where you command the movements and actions of your ship with a deck of cards that you can modify and refine over the course of the game. Compete for infamy, earning your chosen ship and a and captain a reputation by battling out on the high seas. Now, this next part is what I found super interesting about this. The game is split between a combat phase on the high seas. And an island phase where players send out their skiffs to worker placements to mm-hmm. gain resources, improve their decks, repair and upgrade their ship. Uh, during the combat phase, players will play out a hand of cards to maneuver their ship, navigating obstacles, searching shipwrecks, and firing cannons at their opponents. Yeah. And multi-use cards offer options as the battle unfolds, and card bonuses reward smart play. Um,
0: yeah, it's got. It says here that all the mechanisms it has: dag, beck, and
1: wow bag, that bag, was a good one
0: <laughs> bag deck and and pool building um like it elements to this game as well as uh worker placement and hand management and yeah
1: this one um reading it i was like this almost sounds like another um what's that other one um dead reckoning it yeah. sounds like it's <clears throat> similar to dead reckoning it's got the card drafting how you can upgrade your cards and stuff like that but it's not card crafting like dead reckoning and this one looks also like it has a a battleship element to it it's almost like the one phase that first phase the combat one seems Mm -hmm. like you've got um, just from looking at the back it looks like uh, an open sea is the board and you're like on coordinates. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. almost like battleship. And then all around the board, it's almost looks like, and this is just from the back, so it could be wrong, but it looks like you've got different worker placement places you can go to. So kind of neat because then you can plot your course to probably intersect with other ships mm-hmm. to fight them and, and whatnot. So it's an, an interesting looking board. I, I got to say, like just yeah, the says, plain you know, that, open um, sea and then the worker placement places around it.
0: You take on the role of a unique captain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's naval combat and competing for the most renowned. Sounds, yeah, it yeah, it looks, sounds good. And it, it, looks it says here that it plays 1, one to, to five. 5, and it says best is 4. So yeah. we're we're hoping to, I think, play this game this this coming week.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, so we can, we're going to have
0: to try and get... If we don't I mean, we can end try up getting at side-lined, two, but
1: sidelined, being busy. Yeah.
0: yeah. We can try it at 2, but I think we're going to want to try and get a few people here. For sure. Um, to play this one. Because it does say put 3 to 5. The community says three to five is kind of essential, um, but f- best is four.
1: Well, it's nice to learn the game at two anyways. And yeah, well, yeah, we know exactly. what we're doing. We'll probably play
0: through it at two yeah. and see how it all works and everything, and then try to get a couple of people to come play a four-player game of yeah. it. Um, but yeah, that one does look really great. I love Pirates. Um, Me too. So it's two. slam dunk, really. And we have another one here uh, that we got about the same time as we got, uh, uh, what was that one? <laughs> Seas of Havoc. Seas of Havoc, right um and this one's called station fall and mm-hmm. this one comes from designer matt eckland and published by ion game design and this one plays one to nine players
1: Wow, yeah. so many people
0: yeah so this is a Party as you game. can imagine a very social <laughs> game um and a little i'll read you a little blurb here because it kind of explains the gong show that's going on here it says what is station fall well imagine a dozen or so random humans robots and none of the aboves each with their own abilities goals and secret relationships have been turned loose on a space station that is going to be incinerated upon its inevitable re-entry into earth's atmosphere that's frightening mm-hmm. <laughs> you are one of these characters and the others are collaborators you have on hand ready to assist you in achieving your goals but choose them wisely as any one of them could secretly be another player waiting to betray you
1: oh another backstabber game i
0: love it (laughs) station fall is a box full of creative solutions but that box is going to morph twist and grow teeth over the course of play your best turns will exploit the unique tactical freedoms of being a secret conspiracy as well as deductions about your opponent's identities and motives station fall is intricate and full of dangerous variables so
1: interesting
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's a deduction and you're on a space space station and it's you have a ticking clock because this thing's going to re-enter and you're all going to die and then you're trying to trying to survive and you have to trust each other or don't trust each other and i just love the whole thing the fact that plays to nine
1: yeah is
0: going to be great Mm -hmm. like i think i feel like i want to play this with at least six the first time we play we'll try and get a group of six or more um and yeah, I I really don't know much more beyond that. The board looks awesome. Um, it's just like very colorful space station of blues and pinks and purples and greens. Uh, it looks like there's different um, different areas of the space station to move around in. And I, I don't really know how, how this all is going to work, but... It looks like it says 14 plus on here so
1: I love the cover it's got this I know. like space station that's starting to explode with this chimp floating out yeah. in like his spacesuit out into space going like ah
0: Yeah he the, it was honestly again the artwork was a huge reason why I even clicked on yeah. looking at this game and um then I read that it was a social deduction kind of try to escape and survive type deal and it was uh, space themed and I was like oh yeah this one's a slam dunk again Yeah so, yeah, I'm very excited to play that one. Um, that We're going to have to good... have, like, a barbecue or something.
1: Yeah, right? A barbecue slash game night.
0: Yeah, and have... Um, play that one, and maybe we could play... Um, what's the other one I want to play? Secret Hitler. I've wanted to play for I also want to
1: play... Well, I've wanted to play forever is a Captain's Gambit, but you need, like, eight people to yeah, play that one, to as play well. that one yeah. too.
0: It would be cool to do that. Have a, an evening yeah. of,
1: like, a big games like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so... Station Fall from Ion Game Designs looks really fun. Definitely right up my alley. Definitely. So I think um, that's about it for New to the Collection. And uh, we have a couple games uh, in crowdfunding that we'd like to chat about. So let's head on over there right now. Alrighty then, here we are at our crowdfunding segment of the episode where we have a couple games we want to talk about. The first one is uh, currently on GameFound. Yes. This is one you uh, discovered. Yeah. What's that one?
1: This one is called Burn the Fort and it is a game uh, by Indigenous Action and this is a game of Indigenous Resistance. Burn Mm -hmm. the Fort is a semi-cooperative game where you'll face history in challenging and empowering ways. So this game... In this game, colonizers have built a military fortress and are waging a brutal invasion of your lands. Can you prevent their wagons from bringing supplies to the fort and burn it to the ground before the train reaches the golden spike? <laughs> so awesome.
0: <laughs> Holy moly.
1: In, in Burn the Fort, each player takes the role of a historic warrior fighting to stop colonial invasion of their lands. Players take turns gathering and playing cards, trading, battling wagons, and gathering fire tokens and the necessary arrowhead tokens to burn the fort. Everyone starts the game in an, al- in an alliance, but beware, alliances can be broken. To win the game, players can... And choose how much they wish to work together while facing colonial forces. With each wagon that reaches the fort, the train moves forward towards the Golden Spike, which brings mass colonial invasion and an end to the fierce anti-colonial resistance. Burn the Fort is a semi-cooperative game where you'll face history again in challenging and empowering ways. Very cool. Mm-hmm. What a cool theme. So, um. yeah, this one was... Uh, drew me in on a few different levels for a few different reasons. Um one, I like that this is by first time game a de- first time game designer and that's I bl- um Clee Benali or Benali. Right. Um as uh, from Arizona, I believe, and so this is a a true one of those like what game found and Kickstarter were kind of meant for when there's somebody putting out a game and wanting it to, you know, try to do their own thing. Um, and this one, they have a cool element in the game. That they've got stick dice.
0: I was just reading about that. That Yeah. It says, yeah, this unique component yeah. is based off of
1: Bit- Bitlul. Bitlul
0: Dine from Navajo stick dice. Yeah. Used in a traditional game called
1: yeah, Stit? forgive our pronunciation. We know oh, we're yeah, butchering it, but no idea, yeah. cool that it's um, a traditional, like um, the traditional game with, with stick dice.
0: Yeah. So there's no dice. They use the actual, the actual stick
1: dice yeah. in this. Yeah. And it looks really neat. And it kind of shows you how to use them. You kind of yeah, just you, hold them up and yeah, let them you kind of like hold
0: them in a bundle, it looks like. Yeah. And you drop them on end. And yeah. And then they flip and, and fall where they fall. kind of cool.
1: Yes, so it's very cool. I like that it's an independent game. Um, it's got uh, culturally inspired components, and I really thought that it was neat because each player you're using is a historical figure. Mm-hmm. And so I like... Does I like, it list any
0: of the figures that you... I
1: don't think it shows any of them in here, but I really like that in, in games when they have the historical aspect to it because most time, Like, what I really like is when it's not... Um, it's not the point of the game, it's just it adds to the game, so just like um in uh what's that one that where're the history trekking through history, yep. right It's got all yep. those historical facts mm-hmm. in there, and I love that where this is showing actual people right, historical figures, and kind of i'm I'm not sure if it will have i'm sh- I'm thinking it will have little descriptions of who they are and yeah. You know, why they were important, that kind of thing. Um and it's really cool. They've got uh they say there are no stretch goals in this campaign. Right. Um they consider this pre stretched. I like I like that term. We consider this pre stretched. Right. As all of the components are high quality, printed on recycled materials with plant based inks. Plant based ink. Yeah. Hmm. So I I think this looks pretty cool. I'm excited. Um I'm definitely backing this one. It um and it's got it's forty bucks. I'm assuming U.S. So uh,
0: yeah, maybe yeah. So, so it's, it's either a, forty or fifty bucks.
1: It's forty yeah. U.S. I, that's for the main game, and then you can get a, um the special edition. You get a metal token and a digital soundtrack. It's sixty five dollars, and I think it's it's two or three hours of like original music. Really? Yeah. Oh
0: yeah, because here it says a little bit about the designer. It says Klee Benley is a Diné, so Navajo. Artist, musician, traditional dancer, filmmaker, and indigenous indigenous anarchist. anarchist. Yeah, <laughs> currently living in Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, so it's two hours. Two hours of original music. So this is music from, like, created by Klee Bentley. I'm not sure if it's by him, but it's. Well, if he's an, a musician, I I would imagine I it would be maybe. Yes, at least he's had a part of you know had his, yeah. his
1: hand involved. But I thought that was a neat uh, a neat add-on yeah. or a neat part for um, like an extra edition. Yeah, very, very cool. Because that's something we always like having in our games is a lot of – we'll have music going. We always
0: have and, some sort of soundtrack, yeah. And
1: it's always nice to have something that matches the theme of the game Yep. because it just – it enhances it and it can make it, you know, more – if it's like uh, – if it's a tense game, it can make your heart go a little faster mm-hmm. – excuse me, if we're playing viticulture, we've got the Italian music going in the background, mm-hmm. you know? So it's always nice to have... I like that. So I thought that was a really interesting um, add-on, like for the deluxe edition. Yeah. But so yeah, cool. that's Burn the Fort. And that one doesn't have very much time left. Oh, that one does have time left. That, that one, has one has about a month left. Yep. It's got 29 days. Yep. It's about... It's just over half funded. Um. So I... Recommend you guys go take a look at this. See if it's something that you're interested in. Um, you got about a month left. To yeah, it's
0: at uh, nearly eight thousand of the fifteen thousand yeah. dollar goal. So
1: first time game designer, let's show our support. And um, yeah, that's Burn the Fort by Indigenous Action.
0: Yeah, I think we will be backing this one definitely. Um. Okay. Cool. That's a good one. It's neat to see a actual small game, independent game on yeah. there for you know it's rare that we see stuff like i think that these the days. last
1: one we might have seen was um is it orange is that what it's called or is that the design that then the one about the netherlands in world war ii oh
0: i don't even remember who the publisher i don't remember much about that but one.
1: but it was either called orange or um, yeah orange
0: the the dutch it, resistance yeah yeah
1: and it's and that one was i think his first was game. it yeah. I, I think so i could be mistaken but yeah anyways yeah, what do you that, have?
0: That one sounds cool. I like it. Yeah. And um, while I was scrolling through uh, Kickstarter earlier, yeah. I found one that I was really interested in, and had no idea it was on here. I'm, I'm glad I found it because it only has eight days left. Yeah. Uh, and this one is Stone Spine Architects, and this one comes from uh, Thunderworks. Keith uh, Mateka. Hmm. Keith Mateka. Yes. Uh, designed by Keith Mateka. And, uh, yeah, this is Thunderworks Games, um, which you may or may not hear about later in, in this episode. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, Shh, so this is... Don't give it away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is from the designer and publisher of the hit board game, Cartographers. One of our, we've mentioned this many times on this show, is that one of our favorite Roland rights, if not our favorite Roland write or Flippin' writer, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so this is another one in that line. And this one is cool because you are a minotaur. So yeah. minotaurs are, um, I guess, known for their skill in crafting dungeons. And so you and that's what you are. They're always what you think of with labyrinth. Labyrinths. Yeah, right. Right. So there's always a minotaur in the labyrinth. Someone said labyrinth is. <laughs>
1: labyrinth is. <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> labyrinths.
0: Labyrinths. <laughs> um yeah so this one stone spine architects you are a minotaur and you are building um a dungeon it says uh, in stone spine architects dungeon building meets card drafting for one to five players as you carve your own perilous labyrinth into the base of the stone spine mountains players simultaneously draft and play cards to expand their dungeons one chamber at a time following a unique blueprint and a variety of scoring challenges Choose between mapping a path through the underground passages, placing key elements in your room, or searching for extra treasure. Spend gold between rounds to customize your labyrinth with monsters, traps, treasures, and secret passages. At the end of four years, the player with the most treacherous dungeon will earn the title of Master Architect. (laughs) Sounds awesome. That
1: does sound very cool. And it's, yeah, it's... uh... It's got cool elements. I love that it's got...
0: Yeah, you're you're drafting cards, yeah. and all these cards have different sort of rooms, I guess, like different like, yeah, I'd call them rooms. I
1: imagine you're probably making a grid of some sort when you, you to put a the f- cards down. You're doing
0: 16 cards totally, You're making a four by four grid.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So once your grid is complete, I guess that's how the game. So you have
1: to draft cards, pick which ones work best, where, try to make the best. Yep. So best you draft one.
0: chamber cards is what they call them. Gotcha. Different chambers, placing one at a time to fill your labyrinth with monsters, traps, and treasures. Arrange the cards carefully to complete scoring goals. So you'll have some sort of goal card. Uh, You start the game with, yeah. So you start the game with a unique blueprint and and complete compete with other players for two global scoring cards. Yeah. Um, yeah, So there's like, there's uh, uh, goals for you, goals for the whole table to try to achieve. Um, And then, yeah, you're just building this uh, four by four grid and turning it into a cool dungeon with traps and monsters and stuff in it
1: and reading some of the um the comments on there um that they're apparently many paths to victory which is always a fun mm-hmm. fun way like to play that, yep. and um when you can there's another one here it's saying how you can um like pivot if your strategy kind of goes out the window yeah you can adjust your strategy nice. and it doesn't mean you're going to be automatically out of the game totally I, I like that. hate when you're
0: working towards something and figure out, oh, this that's is not, not going to work. Not going to work yeah. well. And then you're done. Like yeah. your game is over. Yeah. And this sounds like you'll be able to just go,
1: oh, well, I'll adjust and pivot. I'll
0: and- add more monsters or something. right? That's yeah. what it kind of sounds yeah. like. So
1: I like that. That sounds promising. Mm.
0: Whole bunch of pledge levels. Um, <laughs> There's a, uh, what have we got here? You can just get the game itself with a small, it comes, all of them come apparently with a small um, uh, expansion. Okay. Uh, for, so for thirty-six US, you can just get Stone Spine Architects. Nice. Or for you for forty dollars, you can get Stone Spine Architects and Cartographer promos for forty. Uh, for fifty-six, you can get Stone Spine Architects and a Hort Gully plushie, which is a Minotaur <laughs> plushie. Yeah. And then you can get an all-in pack for sixty dollars, which has uh, Cartographer promos, the plushie, the game, and the expansion. And then there's a retailer pledge of $75. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this one looks cool. This isn't, yeah. like, they have not, um, you know, disappointed No. Um, in any fashion, Thunderworks. So uh, with this, particularly here with this line of, of games, because uh, we really, really like uh, cartographers we really really like uh, role players role player and a game we are going to talk about here in a may little may or bit. may not
1: talk about here in a little
0: bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah this one this one sounds cool so i think this is another slam dunk i think we will definitely back this game and i'm glad we found it because yeah eight days, eight days left as of this recording today is what the 23rd third?
1: third
0: 23rd 23rd just looked at the computer so 23rd of july so there's eight days left It'll Be early august no, yeah, not even.
1: Yeah, no, not even. Late July.
0: So, yeah, this one looks cool, I'm sure. I don't even how know. How many people have
1: backed
0: this one? <laughs> oh, it's at 280%, so it's. Oh, no, it's definitely backed. Yeah, it it's was, got lots and yeah. lots of backers going here, so. You guys have already, it,
1: probably already backed Everyone it. probably We're already late has We're to the party. This,
0: just not us, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that one looks really cool. Stone Spine Architects from uh, Thunderworks. Really, really cool. Yes. Uh, I like the idea. me creating a dungeon (laughs) okay um that being said we do have a review to do that we've been super (laughs) secret (laughs) alluding to this whole time so we're gonna head on over and do that review right after this
1: Meeples and Milkshakes is a great place for all sorts of gaming fun. They offer a stay-and-play library with over 500 games, yummy eats like delicious milkshakes, tasty treats, and scrumptious sandwiches all made in-house, and they host a board game meetup every Wednesday and Friday at 7pm. Not only does Meeples and Milkshakes have a wide variety of games to purchase in store, they also have an extensive catalogue of games available online at meeples.ca. Their easy-to-navigate web store features new arrivals and restock sections, which are being constantly updated. Looking for the new hotness? Check out their pre-order pages. That's right, there are multiple pages of pre-orders with hundreds of titles to choose from. Oh yeah, they also ship across Canada. Check out Meeples & Milkshakes and their friendly knowledgeable staff in person at 130 Westminster Avenue West in Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca.
0: Alrighty then, here we are at our final segment of the episode where we are going to be doing another Meeple Dungeon Review! And what are we reviewing today, Anna-Marie?
1: We are reviewing Dawn of Ulos, a role-player tale designed by Jason Lentz, art by Diego Sa, and published by Thunderworks Games. Yep.
0: So you had clicked on this, so you knew it was this game the whole time. But <laughs> the yes. whole time. Another Cheaters. New, a game in the uh, role-player universe from yes. Thunderworks. And
1: uh, how about you... Do you have something to read there? I have an overview. Yeah, yeah, okay. Let's,
0: let's give that a read.
1: All right. For untold eons, the mortal races lived in their separate planes, unaware of each other and ignorant of the many worlds beyond their own. Now the time has come. Azima the Benevolent... Highest god of dragons, forges the plains together with the rainbow flames of her breath. A new world is born, Ulos, the plane of unity. She hopes sentient beings from across the planarverse will one day live here in harmony. As she toils, Azima opens rifts to other planes, drawing upon their elemental essence. Armies flood through these rifts to fight over the newly formed lands. These battles have drawn the attention of other gods. Curious to know which mortals will triumph, they gather over Ulos and place wagers on their favorites, assisting some, as they say, exp- as they expand their territory and hindering others. As one of these gods, you join the game. You must hasten to expand your holdings in Ulos, for when Azima has finished with her work, she will surely put an end to, the, to these petty wars. Can you prove yourself to be the most savvy deity in the Plannerverse? Good question. There you go. <coughs> Can you?
0: So yeah, Dawn of Ulos, where you are, we are actually gods in yes. this game, and we are kind of manipulating a new world where a whole bunch of different factions have been forced into the same kind of uh, plane of existence, yes. and they're kind of fighting for control of the, the world. Yes. And so this, yeah, the, there's a whole whack of different factions in this. I think there's, t- what, 10 or 12? Of them
1: Yeah, there's five main ones, and then I think there are like four extras. Yeah, I think there's at
0: least four, four or five more. Either way, um, yeah. So uh ten. I
1: think there are ten different ones in total. Okay, so ten different factions. I and did every some game quick math with... with faction cards and and how many cards in each faction. There's ten. Ah, okay. <laughs> and
0: every game you play with five of them, and you yes. can pick any five of them. And there's yeah, there's a starting five, and then there's an additional five that are a little bit yeah. more complex that you could use. Um, so yeah, how does this game work? It has a modular board. Yeah. So you kind of create this, um, battlefield as may, you might want to call it. A whole bunch of little, um, hex spots of different, uh, landscape types where there's forest, uh, desert, uh, plains, mountains. Mountains, yeah. Water, or lakes. and yeah. Is that it? I don't Something know. Something like that. And, um, so you kind of... You, you fit this this board together out of the, all these chunks.
1: I've got them all sitting right in front of me, and I made you ramble them off. Oh, okay. We've got deserts, fields, forests, mountains, wastelands, and water. I ah, yes, the wastelands <laughs> as well. <laughs> I'll just let you struggle with it, even though yeah. it's right in front of me. <laughs> um,
0: so you you piece this board together out of a whole bunch of chunks of this uh, of these these different types of uh, terrain types, and you kind of you create yeah. a, a certain shape of the board, but it's it's however you want to put it together, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's then,
1: no. Um, it's not like piece A goes to piece B, no. goes to piece C. It's just just as long as you achieve the certain
0: shape. Yeah, they can click together it's, however you want. It's like
1: a squarish. It's sort of square with yeah. hex with pieces hanging off bits sticking out here, <laughs> and, here and there.
0: Yeah. Um, and then you select so you, you kind of you put the board together kind of at random. Um, and there's, there's going to be, like you said, on the board, there's, what are these called? Wastelands? Yes. Yeah. Each one of these wasteland little tiles, there's like six or nine of them or whatever on the board.
1: Those are,
0: yeah. You're going to cover them up with these little tiles called, rift uh, tiles. rift tiles. And they're they're kind of like special tiles that give you something cool if you, if you acquire it. And then there's also a sideboard, which has got, um, kind of like a, a, four different tracks on it. Uh, one that has your status of each, um, faction that is in the yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, one for the territory that they, they control. control, the strength that they currently have, and then the spoils they will reward you for various things. Yes. Um, and then there's then you'll pick your five factions, and you're gonna you're gonna pick a like a mini that represents that faction. It's gonna
1: have kind of like a called- what's it called? A bust. Yeah.
0: A bust of that, the, kind of the head of their.
1: So whether it's like an orc or a goblin. Yeah. Or- it will have a
0: goblin on it, and then two two different um, landscape types. types of landscapes that they are uh, particularly um, interested in. Yes. And you're going to, so you're going to grab the mini for each one and then a deck of cards for each one. And yes. those deck of cards are all the cards are identical. Yes. You, so you have 16
1: big... identical, identical faction cards.
0: Yeah. So the five starting ones, I have them right here in front of me, there's the Shaki and they're kind of like tree people, sort of like Ents or like Groot yep. um, for Marvel fans. Then there's the mm-hmm. Satyrs. Uh, what are kind of
1: like, um, half horse, half person, aren't they? No, or are those are like the goats? goats goat, half goat. Goat, goat type. I always uh, mix that up. That's a centaur, Anna Marie. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the orcs
0: and then there's the rat folk, which are just rat people and goblins. These are the five starting ones. Um, and then, uh, yes, yeah, so you're going to grab each, each, uh, deck and each, uh, mini, and then there's a whole bunch of other tokens. There's kind of, uh, what are they called? Spoils tokens? No, those or, are um, favor tokens. Favor tokens, uh, which is basically your currency yes, for the game. Yeah, it's money. And then um, there are terrain <laughs> the
1: tokens. The development tiles. Yeah, yeah.
0: which have, uh, they're two stuck
1: together. Two little hexes, hexes together. Hexes
0: of different terrain type on one side, and then they're gray on the other side.
1: So when you're yeah. grabbing it, you're not really sure what you're getting until you grab it. So they could be two different types of terrain. They could or be the same save. types yep. of terrain. Yeah.
0: And then uh, you're gonna decide who goes first. You
1: each deal out. I
0: think it's twenty five. Um, twenty five
1: um, favor. So you have twenty five money to yeah, start you with. Yeah, twenty five currency to spend.
0: And then you start the game. And so you set all the. There's a, a little token that comes with each. Um, faction. Faction as well, and you put them down to the very, very bottom on the the uh, kind of the. Uh, legendary track, I guess you want to call it. The legendary or lost. Are you yeah. doing well
1: or are you not doing well?
0: Yeah. And so none of these, these characters start on the board. Someone goes first. And all you do is you, you're going to have three of the tiles, uh, those dual, dual tiles, to mm-hmm. start the game. You're going to have three at random. And you're going to look at the board... And you're going to have to take one of those three and you're going to have to place it on the board. And it's simple as you have to look at one you have, like I have this one in front of me that's dual mountains. And I have to place that on top of somewhere on the board that has two mountains side by side. Yeah. And I have to cover that up exactly. I can't do anything different than that. It has to be two mountains on two mountains. Yes. And uh, for the first uh, first placement of the game, you have to actually put it next to one of the rift um, tokens. tokens. Yeah. And what that allows you to do is likely get one of the, uh, one of the the starting factions factions onto the board. The camp markers. Yeah. So what you do say I place this down here, um, beside this one here, and then that would allow me to pick. Because I put it down beside a a, a Rift token in a straight line, there's now three of them in a straight line, I would be able to look at all the different factions and see which one of the minis is organized in a straight line. Yes. Right now, uh, there's the Orcs and the... the,
1: And the Rat People, or the Rat Folk. Yeah,
0: Sheki and the Rat Folk are all um, able to be placed down in a straight line. The other ones are in like a triangle. Yeah. Um, So I'd be able to take one of those factions and I'd be able to put that mini out onto the board on top of the two or the token that I just put down and on top of that rift token, I put it beside. Right. And now that gets basically, if I put the rat people, what are they called? Rat folk. Rat folk. I put this on top and now the rat folk are basically now involved in the land. They They have a camp. Yeah. They have a camp. And now they, from that point, they can start to build out and become bigger and stronger and gain more territory and get more strength. Right. And, um, so once I do that, I place another Rat Folk out for free. I just get one of their cards. Yep. And I put that beside me. And then there are a few other things that you can do. Oh, I That's should have mentioned first. at the beginning of the game, um, you pick a god that you're going to want to be. We found that there's no uh, asymmetrical difference between them. They're just purely for yep. fun. Um, and they, it's like a little card that you put in front of you. tells you what god you are um, embodying. And then it gives you a little rundown of uh, kind of a cheat sheet on how the game works. So once you've uh, placed a tile down and you may or may not have established a camp of one of the um, factions, yeah. Uh, then you adjust the faction power. So what happens, this the second you put a faction onto the board for the first time, they go from lost to zero territory. So they basically just have a camp. Yes. And you would move their little marker up onto the camp onto basically the zero spot. Yeah. And for every um territory that you build around them that
1: matches their character or their, their um each, faction type. Each faction is gonna have two types that it'll work for. So mm-hmm. like the the Satyrs have, you know like the um, field and forests. Yeah. And the Shakis have forest and mountains. The Ratfolk folk have um, They have desert and field. Desert and field. Yeah. Yeah. So they so all have two different
0: Yeah terrain types exactly so they all favor two different terrain types and for every one of those that you connect to their camp of those two type they are going to increase in territory which is also going to increase or i should say yeah which is also going to increase their strength yeah um because those are the only two they really care about if there's forests mingled in in the rat folks uh, territory they don't it doesn't work for them right um and as you yeah as you increase their territory you underneath their, that is also and increasing strength and increase. their spoils yeah um so once yeah you've established the camp you've adjusted the faction power uh you can collect a rift tile so if you've ever connected to one of the rifts that are just hanging out there on the board like you've just uh bumped up beside it you gain that tile if it's connected to a camp yes that's what i mean oh yes so yes if it's connected to a camp then you gain that tile and then those tiles um you can either keep and they're worth, I think, three points at the end of the game. Yeah. Or you can flip it over and it'll have a secret action on the back that'll let you do something kind of cool that you may or may not use by right. the end of the game. Um, and then if you've ever butt up two different um, factions together, yeah, two different then you're going to start a conflict. Right. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. So, but once you've done that, then you would take an action. You have the option to take an action. And the, the only two options you have are to buy a card or use an ability. Um and early so the on. In the abilities
1: game, are from the cards that you have. Yeah, because right now I've ability. only had this one card. I got the one
0: rat folk card um, yes. for placing out the rat folk camp onto the board. And I could either spend that card for its ability. Um and they all have different abilities yeah. that do different things. Or I could buy another card. And I have that starting cash on me that I yep. could buy cards for. And then the the as the as the factions climb up the territory. And legendary track board as goes their strength and and with that goes the cost to buy their cards yeah because
1: their strength is their buying cost
0: mm-hmm. so at, at its core this game is actually like a solid economy game mm-hmm. where you are trying to kind of if you look at these almost as like companies you know mm-hmm. that you're trying to invest in these companies so like you're trying to make that faction the rat folk gain territory and get stronger but you also want to have a lot of stock in them Mm -hmm. and the stock is basically these cards because at the end of the game those cards are going to be worth points for you depending on where they sit on the track so um yeah you're going to do these type of things you're gonna you're gonna place down a tile um you may or may not add a camp uh you may or may not increase the strength of a camp uh and then you may find a rift tile you mm-hmm. might start a conflict and then you're going to either buy a card or play a card yes if you'd like or just hold on to your cards yeah so and then it goes back and forth and once you've you're always going to have at the end of your turn drawing another tile so you're always going to have yep. three in your hand uh at the beginning of every turn that you can pick from yep. put down
1: and on that place a tile um on your on your you know when you place a tile aside from the very first placement of the game where you have to go beside one of the rift tiles um after that it's kind of a free-for-all like you don't have to attach your tile to a pre-existing camp nope you don't have to attach it to a rift tile you can you can put it out in the middle of nowhere as long as the tiles match what's underneath Mm -hmm. um and so there's strategy in that too like depending yeah. on where you're gonna place your tiles, there's
0: loads of strategy because yeah. you are like you don't like just because I put the rat folk out onto the board, it doesn't you're mean not, that I have to back them at all. No, I can start to back them and start to gain, because gain their cards. Anybody and make them bigger and stronger, and yeah. Then, but you know there might be a conflict. And And anybody can gain cards for any faction. Yeah. At any point you can be buying on your turn. If you want to purchase cards, you can purchase up to three cards.
1: They just, and they just have to be from an active faction and an active faction is, is one that's, already on the board. So yep. when their camp marker has already been played onto the board. There are other cards in the game that might let you get um yep. like inactive factions, but when you're purchasing them, it's ones that are already on the board. So
0: yep. And their prices go up and down left and right depending yep. on how strong they are. Yeah. Um and how strong they are is how we make them. Yes. So it's up to us on how we want to kind of build them up. Mm-hmm. But as you build them up, they get more expensive to yes. purchase their cards. And but then I did mention conflict. So once you have two gone factions. back and forth and, yeah. and starts, stuff starts to fill out on the board, they're eventually going to butt up against each other. You're going to place down a tile that connects two camps, and that starts a, a conflict, a fight yes. between these two factions. And what happens there is whoever placed the tile down is going to decide which one's the attacker, and that the only reason that that is uh, important is in case of a tie. Yes. In the case of a tire, a tie, the attacker would win the conflict and that's huge. Yes. Um, so then you decide, okay, yeah, I'm saying the rat folk are now attacking the Shaki and then both of us, uh, would be able to take cards from our hand mm-hmm. and play them or like secretly, like grab X amount of cards from my hand and you grab X amount of cards from your hand. And then we reveal what cards we played. And what's going to happen is you're going to take the total strength that those factions has, currently say, have. the uh, rat folk were at uh, strength of eight and the Shaki were at strength of six with that in mind that's the rat starting folk will just win if yes. that was if nothing else was added to that yes. but then we would have cards in our hands that we'll be able to add to their cause you might add to the rats as well I might add to the rats you don't know who, what who's interested in what yeah right I mean you can kind of get an idea but you're going to play cards from your hand. I'm going to play cards from my hand. Maybe you've been building up the Shaki and I've been building up the Rat Folk and you're like, oh man, I can't let the Shaki tank here. I can't let them get overtaken. You're going to play a bunch of cards from your hand to try to stop me because for every card that you add, you are bumping Increasing up their them strength. by one. Yeah. So if I played the Rat Folk and they had eight and you played the Shaki and they had six and you played, um, say, four cards that bumped you up to 10 and I only played one Rat Folk card and I'm at nine you are the going to win, win that and that's a huge loss. Cuz
1: what happens then is then the rat folk would go from their 10 all the way down to the loss. Yep, they would get wiped off the board cuz it's a winner and a loser. Yes. So their camp would come off the board. Yep. And then their um and their strength would yep, uh, to would nothing. come down yep. to nothing.
0: And then the shaki would then assimilate and take control over everything that the rat folk had built
1: and so if they have any of their territory their terrain types in the that were in the rat folks um camp yeah for instance
0: the shaki if there was any yeah if they gained any mountains or forest from the rat folks terrain they're gonna jump up by that many
1: more points up this ladder so depending on when you do this in the game it can be a huge swing it's it can be huge and it has happened where that was just
0: it ended just like that it was like a huge yep. mistake on my part, <laughs> um, and that's kind of what you do back and forth. You play a tile, or you, and mm-hmm. you do an
1: action. And one thing we should mention with the um, when you have those conflicts is let's say oh, selling the cards. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. So let's say um, I placed out four of the shakie cards, and you yep. only placed out one of the rat folk cards. Yep. Um, once you've played them, and you've just, you've figured out who's won the battle, you've taken the 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 camp off you've you know before you move the the token down you basically have to um give back at least half of the cards of the cards that you've played rounded up of a faction that's on the yes board. Of a faction. because you can, you can bluff. play
0: cards to bluff with and yes. you just get those back for free
1: yeah you can bluff with cards that weren't mm. with factions that weren't involved like yep. that's totally fine
0: but of of the one rat card i played you would have to give have it, to sell give it, back. it back to the board or to the supply for its current, um, spoils. spoils? Yeah. Yeah. I get the spoils cost, which is, so he it's would still get, with he
1: would get money for the card. And for me with the Shaki, I would have to give back at least two. Yep. Um, I could Half give rounded up. Yes. I yep. could give back all of them and which then, in which case if they were at six, um, let's say their spoils were worth five. Yep. Um, Five I would get dollars each. five, yeah, five favor per card that I give back. And so mm-hmm. if I was really hurting for money, I might want to do that so that I can then buy more cards yep. of other factions or the same faction. Yep. Um, But... Depends if it's early game, mid game, late game. Late game. And it also happening. depends on how many other Shaki cards I might have mm-hmm. in my hand. Because if that's... Let's say that fa- um that conflict we just had has pushed the Shaki up to the legendary status, meaning it's gone all the way to the end of the track and it's now worth yep. the highest amount it can be, it's going to flip over and it now has a crown on it. Yep. And what that means is that even if it gets kicked off the legendary, so even if it gets taken over by another, it gets beaten out during another conflict and it gets taken down to zero, it's still going to have that crown, so you're still going to get points. Because at the end of the game, for whatever cards you have left... Yep. In your hand, um, you're going to get points for each of those cards based on where their faction markers have ended mm-hmm. on the, the strength track.
0: So yeah, basically that that's the stock, right? So you've yeah. taken the stock in the shaki and you've got eight cards of theirs or something and you're going to get eight points per or um, eight extra points. And then including if the Shakira had been become legendary, you're going to get two points yep. extra per card as well.
1: So if he ended up at the end of the um, track and he didn't move, he stayed there, he would have 15 points per card. And plus, because he went on the, the, he's got the crown, he's going to get two bonus points per every card I have. If he got kicked out of there and he was down at the bottom and didn't get any more land, He would still be worth two points per card that I have. So it definitely helps to have cards of different factions because you can have cards um, that don't have any crowns, but if they're worth seven or eight strength per card, you're still going to get quite like accumulate some points. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's it's huge. And then, uh, yeah, so the the ending of the game. So that's that's how it works is you go back and forth placing tiles, doing actions, whether you play a card or buy a card. Mm hmm. And all the cards of the, we won't go what, o- over what each, each card does. They all do something quite different. Um, and then you go and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until uh, two factions have reached legendary status. Um, or or you all the train tiles have been taken yeah. out of the supply. Yes. And then everyone gets equal amount of turns. Yes. And then that's it. And then what you figure out. How how do you uh, calculate your scoring
1: again? You so take... for that. Let me just get there and I'll read it so I don't butcher it or forget something. So final scoring. So players are going to calculate their favor. So you're going to have favor tokens. So your currency, the yep. money, any money you that you've have collected. Yep. Um, for each faction card that's in your hand, you gain favor tokens equal to the faction's strength value where they're currently sitting on the on the board.
0: Yep. So uh, so if the Shaki were up in legendary status. Um it would, would be ten would, yes. points per shaki card I had in my hand. Yes. Which is massive. Yes. And
1: if you had eight or nine or ten, that's a hundred points, right? Yes.
0: Plus two points per because card, it got because to legendary. legendary. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. And for each faction whose card strength marker is flipped to its legendary side, gain two additional favor tokens. Yep. And then for each unused Rift tile, so right. if you didn't get to use yours, if you weren't going to benefit you, special
0: bonus tiles that you mm-hmm. may or may not have picked up during the game, and you may or may not have used yes. for its special little ability that's on the back,
1: you gain three favor tokens for each right. of those you haven't used. And then just whoever has the most favor is the winner. Is the winner, and that's it. It's. Pretty simple. We played... I might have made that scoring sound a little confusing when I was explaining it, but it's not. Oh, uh, it's very simple. <laughs> it's, it's pretty simple.
0: It's how many cards you have in your hand and you look at where they are on the track and the track tells you how many points those cards are worth. That's how much that stock is worth in that yeah. in that faction. And then, um, yeah, a few extra points for extra money and a few extra tokens. And that's it. And we played we played this several times now. And for two players, it's about an hour. Yeah, yeah so,
1: and that's what they say. They say the game is sixty to ninety minutes, and I yeah, think that's bang on. I don't I think it's think, bang on at sixty. Yeah, I don't think it would for a two-player anyway. I don't think it would be much different with a, th- a third no, player because a little it's bit longer, maybe. But maybe. But you're just no you're more playing than a, you're a tile. Long. It's not. It's quick. The decision making is not that tough. There's definitely no. strategy, but it's not. It's not that tough with no, your decision. No,
0: no, it's actually quite simple game. So let's mm-hmm. um, let's revisit the theme. Um does the theme lend well? It does. Kind of.
1: But I, is, I feel yeah. like it's one of the weaker themes.
0: For sure. Like uh, I d- especially because we both said it right off the bat is that um your the god that you're playing
1: is kind of useless.
0: It doesn't have a, <laughs> a special ability.
1: They give you on the back of the card, it's a That's text, It has
0: text. It te- has
1: flavor text explaining about the god and mm. and what your what that God's purpose is, and you're like, oh, thinking that you'll be able to implement it in the game some Mm -hmm. way, but no. No, it doesn't actually (laughs)
0: say like, it uh, doesn't implement it all. On your turn, you can grab an extra tile and, or something like, there's, there's none of that. So it doesn't matter which God you play.
1: So basically all that card is, is just like a player aid. Yep. And I thought that I, like when you read um, at the beginning, when I read that, that, you know, like, oh, you're playing a God who's going to help Um, forge like you're going to assist people or hinder people and you're going to be doing this and that and it's like but i didn't do any of that i was just playing more as the different factions yeah and and not but not necessarily any of them and i guess in that way that's why because you can be for any of them Mm -hmm. or multiples of them but yeah definitely i thought there would be since you're playing as a god that your god would have a special ability yeah, but it doesn't so like the theme works and i like the works, because yeah. it's definitely in their universe That's and the that thing makes where sense i think it works the best For sure. is the
0: fact that we've played the other games and yeah. that this is just another different type of game set within that universe yes so the theme does work that way if this if they didn't have that whole other line of of games that were uh, brothers and sisters to this, it'd be yeah. like, okay, there's just some random fantasy slapped onto this. But no, it, it falls in line with, yeah. with, uh, with the uh, role player uh, universe. So that's cool. And stuff, but yeah, it's a uh, theme. Not, not, uh, not it, yeah. tremendous. <laughs> I just
1: also found it was funny <clears throat> because the dragon God was Azima the benevolent. And so wanting to make this um, planet plane of unity and all you're doing the entire time is fighting. So I'm wondering, (laughs) like, is very much, they're saying, they're hoping that like at the end of this, it'll be peaceful, right? Mm -hmm. Is what they say. But so maybe their, their plan is to make another game where it is peaceful and there's a totally different theme of the game, you know?
0: So ultimately I'll give them thumbs up on the theme because it does fall into the role player universe and it just, it feels like their role player universe. Mm -hmm. But does, do I feel like a God manipulating things? No. Not not totally, but yeah. <laughs> it just could have been way better with a, a special power that I had because my God was able to do this. Yeah. But
1: okay. anyways, we'll so leave was that okay. out of the thing. Yeah. What it is, but it was okay.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, uh, artwork artwork Our Our work was great i love the cars really good i thought it
1: yeah, yeah they looked great the board is nice and you know exactly what terrain type you have it's not the colors are all different yeah and, very and different. they contrast really nicely so you're not like oh is this this one is this this one like it's very easy to tell
0: very easy to tell and it's not ugly the um, board
1: are big chunks that you put together so it's not cumbersome at all it nope. puts together really nicely and goes quickly.
0: together easily but um, i guess that's component I was just thinking so artwork but art is nice really good looking the box cart uh box cover art is really nice yep the cards all the different factions are really nice the terrain is yeah like you said simple easy to tell easy to distinguish and not ugly yes so (laughs) that's a huge and I like the backs of the cards they have the dragon eye the dragon eye yeah yeah and then uh so components like you said uh really good yeah yeah there's the, the little mini for each uh base camp for each
1: the faction marker, is really yeah.
0: nice i think you could paint them up and make i them think look really those
1: blue. ones would be huge to paint um because the uh you're constantly having to look i found myself anyways even though they do have forgetting which
0: one's which yeah because they, they're all just gray
1: like if i look at it and i see okay that one well that one has trees and that one has mountains easy but for the other ones that are like kind of more flat I wasn't always sure which one is that supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, it's just a so, bust, right? So it's just like chest yeah. up on all these characters. And so like that just part was glance, they're, they're similar, yeah. right? the terrain type would be nice to paint, and I think they wouldn't be that difficult to paint. I think oh, these no, would be pretty no. easy ones. These would be pretty easy. So, they're, they're, they're
0: cartoony, w- but not too cartoony, yeah. right? So and I like,
1: think they would definitely help. Um, it would help to make sure you... So you don't have to always look at the cards. Yeah. But the But they're nice. They're we really nice. They're these. big. They're not... They're easy to move. Easy to see. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I like, like them. Painting would
0: be really good though. Yeah. So then there's the rule book. Um, yeah. Yeah. This one was fairly simple. The game to understand. Yeah. Read the rule book, watched one video.
1: Um, and yeah, it was. I pretty... didn't. Yeah. I didn't even watch a video on this one. I read the rule book. You watched a video. Yep. And I thought it was
0: good. Yeah. I thought it was pretty self-explanatory. Nothing too uh, crazy to figure out. No. And, um, yeah, can't really complain. Good rule book overall. Yep. No, I thought and it, it there's was There's a bunch of good simple. videos out there. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like we've explained, it's really, it just comes down to playing a tile and then <laughs> playing a card or buying a card. Yeah. That's really what this game is. Yeah. And just using the strategy on which which card to buy and when to play a card, you know. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then... Uh, it comes down to whether or not we recommend this game. And if so, who for, I really recommend this. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot di- more different than I remember. Cause like, I remember, um, backing, it? backing it. Yeah. And, being, and then when it, arrived, it was like, "Oh, right, this it's in that, it's in the, the, uh, mm-hmm. role player universe, but I couldn't remember no, yeah. what the actual game play was. This is
1: not what I thought it was going to be. No, I it's like cool. it. It's like a it's- super, super solid economy game. I think it's, more simple than i thought it was going to be which is nice but also um i say simple but there is still a lot of strategy in there because you can't just oh no you you can't put all your eggs in one basket with this because then somebody comes and takes you over and and you're you're like oh if i use like that's the thing if you use all of your cards to win the win the battle well then you're gonna move up like you're gonna have to spend your cards and then you're gonna have to move your player token up so then their cards are gonna cost more. So then yep. at the end of the game when uh when you go to get points for all the cards you have, well you've already had to give away like how many of your cards. Oh yeah, there's so you
0: have to balance this game. You yeah. You have to really know, you know, do you, you start
1: running them up the track right away? Do you kind of start getting cards from the different factions right away when they're cheap?
0: Right. You do try you try to buy the cheap cards and then try to send them up the,
1: up yeah. the ranks? Yeah, and... and you're reacting to what the other players mm-hmm. are doing and you're like, oh, do but I react or do I just do what I'm doing? And you can't just hoard the cards because no. you're going to eventually run
0: out of money and then you're going to have to spend cards to make money. And
1: then you're going to have your last like five turns not doing anything because you, you know, like it's, yeah. so it's very... The economy is... Inter-
0: it's interesting. Yeah, it's like really, really good economy game. Is really yeah. what it is. And uh yeah, if you like that style of game, where you are basically investing in these uh different factions um, and trying to manipulate them and push push your own agenda. You know, push push one faction up the up the ranks, and, and then push like a, a a second faction further up the ranks, like as kind of a contingency plan, and and then trying to like slowly work your way through placing out these tiles yeah. in order to strategically try to take out another camp but then you have to you know be careful that you have enough make sure you have enough cards to do that and like there's yeah. a
1: lot to consider they say this is 14 plus and i don't agree with no, that no i don't think there i don't think maybe there's... just for understanding economy
0: might be but like maybe but theme wise and stuff no no like I simple don't, enough there's theme is great like
1: you can't even say that you're fighting like, cause there's no, no fighting, there's like actual fighting cards. that, that happens. You're just placing tiles no. and then, oh, now you're off the board. And um, I think it might be more
0: so for like understanding, you know, what, yeah. when to put someone on the board, when to buy cards for, sure. for that, but for I, that faction. I
1: don't think 14, I think definitely no. younger, even with that.
0: Yeah. I would say, you know, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. Can, could play this game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I definitely recommend it.
0: In that light, it's it's very much so an economy game, um, and less mean, less an area control yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Because, because you can you're kind not of control, control the the area, but, but so then can if anybody you don't else. have stock in the <laughs> the in the faction at the top of the yeah at the top of the board. You are not going to do I well. I think
1: you think you can control it because, but you can't. You can't because no. you're not it's not yours. No, it's anybody not you, can have right? cards, right? Like it's an open economy, any, not open economy, but anybody can gain the cards. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I think that, um, I think we've played it at two quite a few times. I really like it. At and two. it is really I good. I think it might
0: be even way better with three
1: or four. Like, yeah. I think even just because then you have a lot more, not a lot more thought, but you're like, you're, you're kind of fighting against more people. So Mm. it's
0: a lot more to consider about what what people are thinking. And because right now it's just me and you trying to, it's a chess match, right? Well,
1: and I think it would be harder for one person or one faction to kind of burn up the track because you're going to, and I think that the, um, the conflicts might happen more often maybe, yeah, because you're, you know, more people are going to be building onto the same things you are. It's not just going to be one or two people. Right. So mm-hmm. I definitely think this would play well at the higher player count, but it was also yep. really good at two. I agree. Yeah.
0: Great game. Yeah. Liked it a lot. It was I totally forgot what type of game it was. I was but giving
1: the thumbs up. Like you could all see me, but yep. you could thumbs couldn't.
0: up from both of us. <laughs> um, super, super solid economy game under a fantasy, f- war thing uh, <laughs> theme, you know but yeah cool cool um cool game really liked yeah. it thumbs up if you like that type of thing uh i recommend it definitely so, hmm. so i think we're gonna call that an episode um you can find us on twitter at meeple dungeon youtube the meeple dungeon our email is the meeple dungeon at gmail.com And we are going to be playing a couple games this week. So hopefully recording in about a week's time. And um, that's it for this week. And we'll see you next week. Cheers.
1: Have a great week, everyone.
0: Bye-bye.